Good morning, everyone. Wow, such a beautiful Sangha. So today I would like to dedicate these words um, to our mother, uh, our common mother, and that is Mother Earth. It's, we need to remember her as much as we remember our human mothers. Um, it's important to keep Mother Earth in mind and in heart, to visit her regularly. <laughs> um, mothers appreciate regular visits. I happen to be very fortunate in living at home with my mother uh, and being able to visit her every day. Um, love her, take care of her, especially when she's ailing. Be grateful for her abundance and her support because we would not be here without her. And also just marvel at her beauty and serve her. So these words are dedicated um, to Mother Earth. The topic for today's talk was controlling the mind. And I want to start with um, a Hindu story about the gods among whom numbered human beings. Human beings were at one time uh, gods. And because uh, human beings in their divine nature became pretty arrogant and mischievous, the, uh, and they were misbehaving, the king of the gods, Brahman, decided to take their divinity away from them and wanted to hide it somewhere where they would not find it. And so he convened, um, he convened all the minor gods and they tried to determine where to hide uh, humans divinity. We could call it Buddha nature. Our, our perfection. And one of the gods suggested, well, let's hide it um, under the oceans. And Brahman said, well, humans are going to penetrate that realm. They're, they're going to find a way to get to the bottom of the ocean. So that isn't, that isn't good hiding place. And then it was also suggested that they hide this divinity um, in the skies, in the heavens. Well, humans are going to um, find a way to penetrate the skies. And of course, they might even have said at the time, let's put it on Mars. <laughs> you know, but they're going to get there. They're going to find it on Mars. Well, suggestions ranged from, you know, the highest mountains to the most remote deserts, Brahman said, no, they're going to, humans are going to penetrate all of these realms. 
but I have the best idea of to, where to hide this. And he said, we're going to hide this within humans themselves because they're sure not to look there for it. They will, that's the place they, they will never think to look. Well, our practice, shikantaza, zazen, just sitting, is precisely looking for it there. We know where, it, where it's hiding and we make the choice to find it there, to find it within us. Shikantaza or Zazen or just sitting, I have to tell you, is different from what we generally think of as meditation. It may include meditation, although I'm inclined to say that it, it doesn't, just, just to make a very clear point. Zazen is not about what we ordinarily think of as calming the mind, finding bliss, learning how to concentrate, finding peace, finding that special mystical state. Shikantaza is so much simpler than that. If in fact, we are already Buddhas, gods with a small g, perfect just as we are, just sitting, just sitting expresses that directly. In just sitting, there is nothing missing. There's nothing flawed to be fixed. There's nothing broken. There's no goal that we haven't already attained, which is our perfection. And there's no problem to be solved. This single act of sitting is just sitting as sitting. Freed from an I, a me, which is looking for something beyond just sitting. There is nothing beyond this complete act of sitting. Now, last week, Rich Riley was talking, kind of quoting me as saying that everything else beyond just sitting is entertainment. That Buddha studies and uh, discussions and uh, acts of, of skill, skillful action, uh, all that is entertainment. 
Well, I stand by that. But what I mean by entertainment is that all of that, reading books, um, acting skillfully, discussing the Dharma is all wonderful. Just as entertainment is wonderful, it's inspiring, it's interesting, but it's not necessary. It's not essential, just as entertainment by definition isn't really essential. So all of that are, you know, is a sort of the richness of our practice. But the core of our practice is just being, and in this case, just sitting. <clears throat> Shikantaza, just sitting, gives us permission to be natural, to let go of every effort to control our experience. That's sort of what guided meditation does. And again, I'm not, I'm not um, <laughs> excluding all of, all of these, this richness in our practice, but I, I want us to get to the core. I want us to get to the deepest level of practice, which is also the simplest. We give ourselves permission to allow the mind to just be whatever it is. And that includes thinking about whether you can eat raw shallots <laughs> for salad. It, it doesn't exclude that. It gives us permission to allow those thoughts to arise and pass. Just sitting is actually not so much an act of the mind, but it's an act of the body. It's a yoga. During Zazen, during Shikantaza, we are, we are um, expressing a full act of flesh and bone. During Zazen, no human business gets done. You're just sitting there. And Andrea was correct that there is this story of a Zen master who was approached by one of his students who the master had told to go forward that he had given him everything that he had to offer. And now it was time for the student to leave. And the student said, I I somehow believe that you're holding something back from me, that you haven't really given me the full, your full wisdom, 
there's some secret teaching that you haven't yet imparted. And the master said, absolutely not. There is nothing that I haven't transmitted to you. The student was insistent. There is a secret. There's something, something that you're holding back. And the master said, okay, follow me up the mountain, which is of course where all secret teachings are revealed. And the student followed him and this master sat him down on a rock and said, okay, now I'm going to reveal the secret teaching. And he lifted his robes up and exposed his buttocks, his naked buttocks. And on those buttocks were two huge calluses. That's the secret teaching. Sit. Sit, just sit and just sit and just sit. I can remember so many times when I would walk into a dokusan with my teacher and just telling him, you know, all of the wondrous experiences that I had on the cushion. <laughs> and he would just ring the bell and say, go back, go back to your cushion. It's not about all of that. And we are not talking about being lazy by any means. Like just, you know, hanging out. Oh no, this is where the hair on fire comes, comes in, Michelle. It's not about just hanging out. It's about heightened intention, attention. It's about being fully awake, fully, fully body-mind. You know, being with all 12 cylinders, just firing on your cushion. It's about being fully alive, about being alert. So, so alert that if somebody touched you, sparks would fly because you're so alive. So as long as you are doing sitting still, sitting still and silently, you are doing Shikantaza. A successful sitting is not identical with being calm or at peace or having this sense of equanimity. There's nothing extra besides just sitting. And right, as Andrea said, a successful sitting is not about any kind of state of being that you've achieved. It's only if you're still sitting 
when the bell rings, then you're just sitting and all the other stuff is going on, but you are sitting. So this is a teaching that goes straight to the heart of practice. We face the wall with complete confidence that just sitting is enough. In fact, it may be one of the hardest things to do, to just stay put, just to stay put and just do this one thing completely. Do this one thing completely. This is sitting, sitting facing the wall. We have our backs to the world. What, a, what a, an act of trust. We're sitting with an intimacy with ourselves facing the wall and with our back to the world and anything could happen, but we, we trust, we trust the practice. We trust that we can just be, we can hold our seat no matter what is happening around us. So we, we say that there are 84,000 Dharma gates, which when we recite the uh, refuges that are the Bodhisattva vows, excuse me, we say that Dharma gates are boundless. Really, they're boundless. There are many ways to enter full realization, many ways to awaken. Here at Oan, I am offering the way of a certain lineage that I have found the best that I can transmit to you. You can do with it what, what you want. There are many other Dharma gates, boundless. But how many of those gates do you want to enter? before you continue on the way. You know, we live in a kind of very eclectic culture, like the all-you-can-eat salad bar, you know. So there's so many gates. There's so many choices. Well, I'll try this kind of Zen. I'll try this. I'll walk through this this gate, oh, this looks kind of interesting. And this one, and this one, and this one. How, 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 how much do you have to shop around before you continue along the path? So it's, it's about, okay, I have stopped shopping. I have decided to walk through this gate and continue on my way. Instead of digging a lot of shallow wells, I've decided to dig deep into one well and maybe find water. 
maybe find this nourishment, this refreshment, this life-giving fluid. So when you find, and, and this is Shikantaza, this is, this is the best, best I've found. When you find that gate that leads along a path that feels right, that feels beautiful and that supports you, supports your steps, and also with companions who you are walking that path with. The gate opens and you have companions. Who are you walking with? Who are, you, who, who are your spiritual friends? Do they, feel, do they feel like good companions as you walk this way? So here at Owan, the gate is the great gate of peace and joy, just sitting. And as another great Zen master, Kodo Sawaki Roshi said, just sit Zazen, that's the end of it. So I would love to hear from you. Um, 